on this episode of Why Watch That. Now, these women and girls have not seen a man, obviously, in I don't know how long, maybe three years. They've seen men. They've seen the Confederates. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying the way they act, it's like they haven't seen a man in three years. This film, however, although there's some language, and then you have David Allen Greer coming out of a, a room sniffing. <laughs> what was he doing in that room? <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of, of a little sting here and there. It is not a crude comedy. It's actually a romantic comedy in disguise. Uh-huh. So. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. Why watch that sneak peek? Valkyrie and I got a chance to see a sneak peek of the new movie, The Beguiled. Oh. (laughs) That comes out today. Yes, Friday, June 23rd, Mm. to a theater probably near you. Now, you're going to recognize some of the people we're going to be talking about because they're pretty much a big deal. Namely, the leading cast. But first, let's get to the director and the writer. Sophia Coppola, who you may know, um, you've heard she recently won the Best Director Award at this year's Cannes Festival, which is a great honor. And she also, uh, yes, she wrote it and directed it. It was actually based on a novel. Did you know that? I did. You did? (laughs) Of course you did. Thomas Cullinan, who wrote the novel. And then there was a movie, Mm -hmm. some back... You know, Clint Eastwood was in it. Do you remember that one, too? Yeah, um, Clint Eastwood, Geraldine Page starred in it, and it came out in 1971. Yeah, so before either of us were born. Now, the <laughs> cast, Nicole Kidman, whoo hardest working woman in Hollywood, Kirsten Dunst, Elle Fanning, Colin Farrell, along with a wonderful group of girls who did an excellent job. <sighs> now, this has the ingredients of a great movie. Let's see if that's really what panned out. Um, okay. Uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Here's the plot. It's 1864. We are in Virginia. So you know what that means. The Civil War has been going on for three years. And the particular setting here is a boarding school for girls. Now, you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't that be deserted (laughs) or something? No. The owner of the school, played by Nicole Kidman, decided to keep it open as a refuge for these girls. A lot of them can't get back to their families and so on. By her side is her main teacher, played by Kirsten Dunst. And they're the only two adults there. So we see early on, Kirsten Dunst is teaching French to some of the girls, one of whom is played by Elle Fanning. Mm. Now, unlike the other two girls in the class, Elle Fanning is not paying attention. Oh, boy. And we can see this dynamic play out between she and Kirsten Dunst. Now, at the outset of the movie, 
one of the younger girls is out in the woods alone picking food, obviously foraging, which makes sense. Right. So she comes upon a Yankee soldier who's wounded. Oh, oh. Oh, no. And that soldier's in the guise of Colin Farrell. Now, Colin Farrell does play an Irish Yankee soldier. Well, why? Well, remember in history, everybody, what happened in migrating to this country around that time and before and what the Union Army needed to fight the Confederates, or the Confederacies. He's a mercenary. He gets paid. There you go. They had to pay some people and do some other things, we know. Okay. Now, these... Uh, Young women, young girls, what are they going to do? The young girl who finds him brings him back to the school. Uh Uh-oh. So some of them are angry at her for that. And technically, they're supposed to let the Confederates know, the Confederate Army know, that they have a Yankee soldier in their midst. Oh, yes. Nicole Kidman's character decides not to do that. Instead, decides to help him with his wound, his injury, bring him back to health. Now, these women and girls have not seen a man, obviously, in I don't know how long. Maybe three years. They've seen men. They've seen the Confederates. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying the way they act. (laughs) It's like they haven't seen a man in three years. So you get Kyla Farrell in there, bringing his testosterone and everything else, his little looks. (laughs) And this has one effect on Nicole Kidman. That's different from the effect on Kirsten Dunst. That's a little different from the effect on Elle Fanning and certainly different from the effect on the rest of the young girls so he's in there he's going to dinner with them they're changing the way they look they're changing the way they act and all of that they're giggling some of them now who is Colin Farrell going to fall in love with and who's going to fall in love with him as well that's the question fall in love in quotes yeah (laughs) who's going to run away with him who's going to have a little tryst these are the questions that start coming up. And at the beginning, maybe first half of the movie, it's a lot about what's underneath the surface, you know. Oh, oh, I've got to change my dress and all that kind of stuff. So, about halfway through, maybe a little more, things completely turn. Aye, aye, aye. And it turns into a crazy movie. I'll just say that. <laughs> and the question is, was it wise to keep Colin Farrell in their midst? Was that the right decision? If so, or if not, what are the repercussions of that decision as well? So that's where we end with the beguiled in regards to plot. Okay. All right. Listen, I'm going to let you go first, buddy, because uh, I'm still I'm still focusing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start here. The performances. Oh, man. Nicole Kidman always does her job. She's always thinking, she's always listening, she's always responding. I appreciate that. And arguably working harder than she's <laughs> Oh yeah, look, she's breathing, she's holding on to chairs and to <laughs> tourniquets, whatever she can get her hands on. <laughs> now, Kirsten Dunst, Elle Fanning, they've worked with Sofia Coppola before. You can see that they are very comfortable in her milieu. The rest of the young girls do wonderful jobs. So the cast is wonderful. I think Colin Farrell makes sense to cast him. And we need... I, can we highlight the... Oh, sorry. This is your yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> highlight the little girl who found him. She really was outstanding. Whip smart. Yeah. Paying attention. Has her through line. Okay. Here's the problem. 
<laughs> it's not believable. Now, at the beginning, I was fine with that. I thought it was kind of amusing to see them all change to Colin Farrell. Was it realistic? No. But it was amusing. Okay, we can watch that. It, you know, it had the trademark Sofia Coppola kind of subtextual, um, you know, energy where it's kind of slow. Nobody's beating you over the head with anything too much. But when that change occurred... It completely lost me. And we're not going to define what that change is because it gives things away. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, you did not support this Sofia Coppola at all and you didn't support it as a writer or as a director. So that's the problem for me. That's the major problem among others. That was when I had to say, okay, that's enough. Now, it's not a long movie, but the, there was an imbalance in what was shown and there are things missing to make some of the plot points make more sense. So that's my take on it, essentially. And here's the final question, and I'll, I'll hand it off to you, Raph. Is it the fox in the hen house here? Or is it a hen in the fox house? You better watch Ooh. out. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Now, I'm just going to quickly echo the fact that the performances were outstanding. You did a great job of just outlining that out. I'm going to say Nicole Kidman arguably worked harder because the script wasn't quite supporting her mm-hmm. um, as 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 you, normally it would. So she really, you could see her really fishing to, you know, deliver why this woman would make the certain decisions that she has to ultimately make. Yeah. The, and like the little girl outstanding, everybody did their job. Now, as a woman and as a woman who also directs, I, first of all, am so excited that people are receptive to, especially we're riding this ride right now, and I hope it stays because women directors are great directors. They just are. It just haven't, we just haven't been given that kind of opportunity. However, not everything we do is great. Yeah, <laughs> you know like anybody I mean? else, yeah. Like anybody else, not everything we do is great. And to me, it doesn't really start with the director. It starts with the writer. The script. And unfortunately, it's the same person. There you go. <clears throat> That's the unfortunate part. It's the same person. And it, this was written by a man originally. So you've got a man's viewpoint of what it would be like to be the only man in a house full of women who have not either seen a man or been in a man's presence and everybody just throws him, themselves at him. They can't handle breathing. They could, can't handle their corsets. They can't handle um, <laughs> him looking and, oh my gosh, you shy away. Like, all of that, stop it. Second thing is that when you have a concept like that, you really have to take a turn with it, especially if you're a woman to direct it and write it. You have to look, you have to justify everything that happens. Because as a woman, you're going, okay, that wouldn't happen. I'm not, I'm, we, we can control ourselves. Like, we, we don't have to rush into a room and Well, not if you've been locked up for three years without a man, right? No, no. We, <laughs> we absolutely, and these are women who haven't been with men. There's only yeah. one woman in the house that's been with a man. And we right. won't tell you who. Um, you can assume it. And everyone else hasn't been with a man, so it's not like you're fighting this, oh, my husband's off, and I'm, you know, all of that. <laughs> we find out that everybody is, is as chaste as a, whatever the, <laughs> chaste as a something. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not out of control. So what you have to do is, I'm assuming, I didn't see where it was justified, the actions were justified. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Because by the time you get to the end, it's 
crazy town. Like, uh, literally crazy town. Yeah. And the decisions that they have to make and that last, lasting frame <laughs> of them on the porch. You know what I'm talking about. I do. That pan away is definitely, you know, how did we get there? I just didn't see the journey, unfortunately. And for that, I will have to say, ultimately, the last thing, is that the South is the South. The South is subtlety. The mm-hmm. South is about subtext. The South is about heat. The South is about 95-degree humid weather Yeah. and what you do to make those choices and I didn't feel it, although it was beautifully shot. I Beautiful. Just didn't feel it. So, if you're a person who wants to do this, now I'm not going to recommend that you go to the movie theater to see this. I don't think you need to. Um, but what you can do, if you want to, you can watch it when it comes on television. And there's a certain network. Uh oh. And I'm not going to name it, but there's a certain network that caters to to the to the whole summer novel. Uh, crazy tap, like you know, it starts off with steaminess and then it ends with crazy women, you know. <laughs> and I'm not talking about sexual or anything like. There is a network for that, so if you want to watch it on the network, I think it would be most appropriate. Other than that, I will have to say you might want to save your fifteen dollars and maybe wait for it to come on, you know, HBO or something. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, this is not a bad movie, everybody. It's just. Yeah. It has some issues. So with that, we say to you, it's open now, Friday, June 23rd. I think the ref set it for Why Watch That as a Whole. Did You Know, Part 1. Uh, do you know oh boy. what you're going to? Oh, wow. Everybody I have a did you know for you. It's about time. <laughs> Jeez, you get a whole song. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Okay. There is a little anniversary going on Ooh. of a certain film's release. Oh. This film will be 30 years old on June 24th. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Now, that you have to answer with that. What's this film? And I will tell you this. On the set of this film, People were afraid of the blue screen. They thought that the blue screen would either make them go blind or something else, right? So they they thought they might pass out and other things just because of the blue screen. And you know, everybody, that's for CGI purposes, all of that. They wore sunglasses, ref, on the set when they were not filming to protect themselves, okay? What in the world? Yes, so think about, okay, what came out 30 years ago, and I'll give you a little more. It's a comedy. what is happening? Okay. Uh, Yep, it's a comedy. 30 years old, a comedy classic that would require the use of a blue screen. What is it? I don't... Okay, give me a second, please. All right. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that 
to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. And we're back. You've had time to think again. A thirty-year-old movie that required a blue screen that people were afraid of at the time, and it is a comedy, a classic one. What is this movie? It's one of your favorites, Ref. Wait, hold on. One of my favorites? Yes, it is. Okay, thirty years blue screen comedy. The Princess Bride? No. No, because no, that's not one of your... There you go. There you... <laughs> you told me. <laughs> We're the Spaceballs. Yes, it is Spaceballs. Spaceballs will be 30 years old on June 24th. And if you go to the Hollywood Reporter, everybody... <laughs> They did have an interview with Bill Pullman who looked back on it and he was laughing about this whole blue screen exploit thing. And he also talks about the late, great John Candy and Joan Rivers and others. Yeah. You know what? What a delight entry. I just may watch that this weekend. I think we all will. (laughs) Back to I Watch That. Another Why Watch That Sneak Peek. Everyone, we are coming at you with a sneak peek. Yeah! Right? Yes! Of The Big Sick. Oh, dear. Oh, wow, dear. I love that title. It makes me think, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Now, this review is coming to us from the desk of the ref because, unfortunately, the critic didn't get a chance to see it. Bummer you. I really wanted to see it, but look, everybody. This is uh, directed by Michael Showalter. It is co-written by Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail also stars in it. It is based on his life. Okay? And it also stars Zoe Kazan, Holly Hunter, and Ray Romano. What an interesting cast that is. Yes, and David Allen Greer is sneaking up in there. (laughs) (laughs) Or sniffing up in there, I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) So it is in theaters now. We, uh, as of taping, we're recording on Friday, June 23rd. Uh, So it's in select theaters now. It will have its national rollout July 14th. So let us know, Ref, what's the deal with The Big Sick? Okay, let's start with the plot. Now, yeah. I am not aware, I wasn't aware that this was an actual, based on an actual story. So mm-hmm. I went in very cold. We had heard about this when we were at Sundance. And actually, the both of us, it wasn't on our list because we had a ton of things to see. Yeah. But we, the buzz, the buzz, yeah. the yeah. buzz. And it got, I think it wasn't that one of the first that got picked up. Or it something was. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, early on so I was like oh we should go see it and by the time we couldn't so we were already anticipating yes we are going to see this whenever the screenings are available and we're going to review it for you now it starts off with this struggling comedian in Chicago his name is Kamel yeah he is from Pakistan but you know he's he and his family have moved to the United States for a better life he drives an Uber on the side and he lives with one of his comedic buddies but every single week he goes home to have this whatever what we would call the Sunday dinner 
at his parents' house. And he's really struggling to find out who he is as a, an American now. Mm-hmm. Because when he goes home to his parents, there's always a knock on the door. Oh, who could that be? It's a girl that his mother invited over. Why? Because in their religion and in their culture, they believe in arranged marriages. And Kamel is well, well ready to get married. Yeah, and he's he's a Pakistan born, you know, Muslim, all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So the question then becomes for him is, am I interested in any of these women? A question that none of his family had ever asked. Mm -hmm. It was just insinuated. Now, his other life as an American, in quotes, he is this comedian who's doing stand-up with his friends, wanting a little more in life. And as he does a stand-up one day, there's a girl who sort of heckles him a little bit. (laughs) He's like, well, what are you doing? And so he heckles her back. And the next scene, they find themselves at a bar and they connect Mm. that night. And if they're like, oh, this is just a, she's, this is just a one night thing. I don't do this. They connect another night and they keep connecting Uh (laughs) until you find (laughs) out that, yes, they are um, completely great for each other. Mm. Now, the monkey rich is that his family and his his immediate and extended family has excommunicated a family member for marrying a woman who was Mm. white. Mm. Mm. So Camille is is it, now making it sound more serious. It's all played out comedically. It's hilarious. Yeah. Camille is now torn between does he tell his family about his the love of his life, Emily? He's never met a girl that he's more connected to, um, or does he continue on? Well, things come to a head, and unfortunate things come to a head to the point where they're not together. But something even more unfortunate happens, Emily. Mm becomes gravely sick just about gravely sick to where she's in a coma and i won't give away how that happened i won't give away how long so enter in now holly hunter and ray romano the parents of emily and we see camille go from well forget about emily i'm fine to absolutely falling in love with her parents and then he has to ask the question am i really ready to commit my life to someone who may cause a, a permanent family rift in. And you'll have to find out the end oh. with that. Dun, dun, dun. Now, if you, you know, you can, if it's based on a true story, you see who the writers are, yeah. you can figure it out. Right. But, I mean, does he, does it cost him his family? You'll have to find out. So that's the gist of it. This is a comedy. So, no. you've got, this is the review. It's uh-huh. a comedy. And so we're a little harder on comedies, just a little bit sometimes, because some of the humor that we've been seeing lately has been more on the crude side. Yeah. Uh, And that's just the wave that's going. This film, however, although there's some language, and then you have David Allen Greer coming out of a a room sniffing. (laughs) What was he doing in that room? (laughs) You know, there's a little bit of, of a little sting here and there. It is not a crude comedy. It's actually a romantic comedy in disguise. So... If you if you find yourself with your boyfriend or your husband and you're you're like, oh, let's go to romantic comedy, he's probably most likely gonna go, no way, but this is a great disguise. Why? Because of the humor, because of the comedy. It's from a male perspective. Mm. Camille does a wonderful job playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> he does. The cast of the family 
The mother is hilarious. The father is chuckling hilarious. The brother, the kind of older brother that you would always have, it's it all translates. Even though there's specific um, cultural spe- specificities in um, from Pakistan, you get it. It's a family. That's what it boils down to. Think of my big fat Greek wedding, mm. um, but from a male perspective. Mm. That's kind of this movie. And then you get these amazing performances by Holly Hunter, and then Ray Romano, who's an actual com- a comedian who doesn't play one in this. Mm. It was just well cast, well done. The performances blow you away. Holly Hunter has to actually be funny, and she has some real depth, real dramatic moments watching her daughter fight for her life. Basically, yeah. wonderful moments. Ray Romano has one breakdown scene that is absolutely beautifully played. Really enjoyed him there. The supporting cast are some SNL people who kind of come in and out. Wonderfully done. Now, the overall review is this. If you want to laugh and not be embarrassed at what you're laughing at, if you want to bring in the girls and the guys, if you um, if you are just interested in the the comedic underworld a little bit. <laughs> this is really the funniest movie for you. It's a great movie. You will not walk out of that movie disappointed. I guarantee it. So I'm going to venture out and I'm going to do what I usually don't do. Uh-oh. And I'm going to say, go to the movies. No Pay way. the $15. It was so enjoyable to be in a room with people who are laughing at the peak that you're laughing at. It just, the, the contagious, it just, it's contagious. It grows and it grows and it's absolutely delightful. Is it a perfect movie? Absolutely not. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. But oh. you will enjoy it. Oh, And that's I am- my take. Look, I'm so ready to see this now. By the way, Judd Apatow was one of the producers, so... And there you go. Yeah. There you go. And everybody, even if you miss it in the theaters, we hope you don't. But if you do, Amazon Studios is producing, uh, distributing. So, you know, we know it's going to end up somewhere, somewhere soon, right? Yes, absolutely. So, everybody, again, it's in select theaters now. It will have its national rollout July 14th. We hope to see you, and we will roll down the aisles laughing together. (laughs) And now, the pick of the week. Oh my goodness, everybody. We do have a pick of the week, but it is not... It is not from the desk of the critic. Oh, no, this... <laughs> but it could be. Anyway, but this week, <laughs> it is from our wonderful ref. And the pick of the week is I, Daniel oh, Blake. Yes, yes. yes now, this yes. is a, a film, ref, that we saw last year at the New York Film Festival. Mm-hmm. It has had a, a circuitous path to being uh, in front of people in this country. I'll tell you that. Right. So, and supposedly, it's supposed to be in movies movie theaters we can't find those theaters most of them (laughs) we can't find it but we will tell you it is available to rent on demand so you can do that and we're telling you it's worth that get a bunch of people together and watch this together now it is directed by ken loach it is written by paul laverty it stars dave johns and Haley squires ref take it away please Okay, so it takes place in the UK, England to be specific. 
and a 59-year-old sort of past his prime kind of guy, Daniel Blake, who is played by Dave Jones, is a carpenter. He is a has been a carpenter all his life, but he's had some health issues. Yeah. And he needs some assistance. He needs to get in front of a doctor for them to say something specific in order to get the assistance. And so goes the, uh, in our system, Medicare, Medicaid wheel. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the, the welfare wheel, we'll say. Now he goes in to try and get some assistance. But they say, hey, you're not sick, so you can work. He said, I can't work because I've had a heart attack. Right. It goes round and round to the point where they say, we're not giving you any money until you can establish that you are seeking work. That means he has to, as a 59-year-old man, figure out the computer system, figure out the what a resume is, figure out if anybody will hire a 59-year-old man with no work history besides being a carpenter. Now, while he's doing that, he comes across a young woman and her two children, yeah. played by Haley Squires. Oh, my gosh. Woo. She's a single mom- mother. She just came into town. She is in desperate need of assistance. They won't give it to her. So being the kind of bloke that he is, <laughs> he stands up for her in the middle of the agency. And it's like, this isn't right. To the point where whoop, they get kicked out. Yeah. He takes her in, yes, stranger, and helps her and gives, you know, is basically almost like a father figure to her, helps her find a place, all those kind of things, while he's trying to look for work. Now, this is really a simple plot. Yeah. As that happens, the big question is this. What are the links that you'll go to to survive? Will you eat things? Will you not eat certain things? Will you take on certain jobs? If you're retired, will you continue to do what you've known to do even though it could risk your health? It really is about why government doesn't really assist those who really need it and what those people do or don't do to try and survive. Now, that is the plot. Very quickly, since it's a pick of the week, this is a great movie! And I know the critic is going to want to chime in in a second. Great performances Mm -hmm. by both Dave Johns and Haley Squires. Haley Squires, there's a moment, and you may have heard us hint toward it if you listen to any of our um, review of the New York Film Festival. And this movie. And in this movie, there is a moment where, holy crap, everything changes. Go to our review and listen to it. If you are anywhere near a demand... Rent it this week. If you're anywhere near a theater that may be showing it, good luck finding it. Go see it. (laughs) It really is worth your time. Oh, beautifully stated. And just as the ref told you, everybody, if you want our full review, check out our website, whywatchthat.com. It is there. Watch it. Do it. No. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.